All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Newbie Photographer Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. It's good to have you here. We apologize for the slight delay, ran into a few tech issues, I guess typical Monday, huh? Uh, but we made it work. And I'm gonna introduce our brand new guest here in just a second. For those of you that might be live streaming with us, do not be shy, jump in, ask questions. You can comment on the conversation at hand and ultimately take advantage of the opportunity here during this live stream to engage with our guest. And uh, for those of you that are listening to the audio version after the fact, please make sure to follow us at Newbie, N-O-O-B-I-E podcast on Instagram. And you can keep up to date with the upcoming live stream schedule. Join us. We usually do about one episode a week. And uh, again, would love to have you come join the conversation with our guests here on the live stream. All right. Well, on that note, I want to introduce a brand new guest here on the Newbie Photographer Podcast. Rachel Crow is here with me. Rachel, thank you so much for being willing to do the show today. We made it work. <laughs> I know. So sorry about the, the audio trouble, but happy to be here. Yeah, no, no, we, we absolutely made it work. And, and I'm actually really interested in the conversation. In fact, we were chatting just for a couple of minutes before we got started today. And I'm even a little bit more intrigued about our conversation. We're going to get to that here in just one second. Um, we are doing a series on the show called I Wish I Knew. And I'm having established photographers come on the show, share kind of a big idea, principle concept that they wish they knew more about when they first started their photography business. And I know we're gonna go there in just a second. Will you just briefly introduce yourself and your photography business to our listeners and viewers? Yeah, absolutely. So like Nathan so kindly said, I'm Rachel Crow of OK Crow Photography. I do own two wedding photography businesses, both OK Crow and Willow Wedding Photography. I'm based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I've been doing this wedding photography thing for I think like eight or nine years now, quite a while. <laughs> it's easy to lose track after a while, isn't it? I know. <laughs> and things change a lot over time. And we're going to actually talk a little bit about that here in just a second. But um, go ahead and sum up, if you will, kind of that big idea or principle or concept you wish you knew more about when you first started your photography business. Yeah, absolutely. So I think when I first started, I thought I had to be like everything to everyone, really work on marketing in every space. I felt like I wanted to get my name out there. So I was trying to have accounts on every social media platform, doing all the things. Um, and what I've really learned over the last couple of years is the benefit of pouring into just a couple select platforms, really focusing your energy on a couple of places rather than trying to be everywhere. And I know we're going to get more into that in a second, but that's my uh, that's my biggest tip of advice for newer photographers who are trying to work on getting their name out there. And that's so smart too, because even now, and I've been in business now for in the photography industry for about twenty years, and managing a variety of brands. And it's one of the one of those things. It really can become so overwhelming when you look at all the things that you're quote unquote supposed to be doing, including all mm -hmm. the different social media platforms. And it's hard to know like which direction to go and which one to choose and should I do it for this or that reason or and, and yeah. just kind of get lost in the chaos of it all. Um, so I like the direction that, that you're going in this. I want to learn a little bit more. How long would you say, though, before we talk about kind of practical application, how long did it take you to realize you needed to do that or did you just know it from the outset? I think that um, I maybe knew from the beginning, but I still tried to do all of the things. Uh, it took some time of really realizing that I couldn't do everything at once and seeing like you're just one person, especially if you're a small business or a freelancer, you just don't have the time in the day to do everything all the time and be on top of it all. 
Yeah, it's really true. And actually, we'll link to um, the Boca podcast episode that you did with me. It's yeah. been, wow, over a year ago, I guess now. Wow. Uh, and and we talked actually about workflow and managing workflow and managing time. For those of you listening in or watching, you want to mm -hmm. check out that episode. We'll link to that in the show notes at newbiepodcast.com. So let's actually talk about practical application here. You mentioned to me a couple of different avenues that you are focusing on in your business when it comes to digital marketing. Can you explain both of those mm -hmm. to our listeners? Yeah. So for me, my primary focus right now is Instagram and then my website, um, really focusing on building SEO and knowing that that's kind of your website is where you have the most control to create your image, to um, really have your like brand voice and everything nailed down. So that's where I've been pouring a lot of my energy into now. I also do focus a lot on Instagram and Facebook is kind of my like third um, off on the edge marketing effort. I just repurpose a lot of my other content onto Facebook. But right now, Instagram and SEO are my my two big targets. The two big ones. Okay. And actually on that note, yeah. and I've been popping this up on screen during the show for anybody watching the live stream, okcrow.com, okay. And then C-R-O-W-E.com um, is, I know you've got two websites, Rachel. I'm going to pull this one up just for the sake of conversation today. And then OK Crow yeah. on Instagram as well. And, and for those of you, again, like watching the live stream, you can see this. Make sure that you go check out Rachel's work. And Rachel, I, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of photography over the last couple of decades, but your work really, <laughs> truly is beautiful. And so for our listeners, you're going to make sure to go and check out Rachel's work. Of course, OK Crow on Instagram. We'll link to both of these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. I think we actually talked about this before, Rachel, but you mentioned to me, I, I think in, in in the past past months, maybe even the last couple of years that you were bringing in a pretty large percentage of your business via Instagram. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, I slowed down a little bit more as I've started to refocus my efforts towards SEO and more focusing on blogging and website and everything. But Instagram has kind of been my primary uh, platform for most of the time that I've been in business. And it's been super helpful. It's just the shareability and being able to tag your clients, having them share your work. I think all of that really plays into making it a very successful platform, especially for a visual artist like we are. For sure, yeah, and it's certainly the image-centric nature of it. I, I know that yeah. Instagram has, has kind of followed TikTok and Snapchat as far as using vertical <laughs> video format. Um, but yeah. And yet I think of all the platforms out there right now, people still see Instagram as image-centric, um, at least for yeah. the time being, even as it's continuing yeah. to evolve. So yeah, I can see the benefit there. Would you say, I mean, how much time do you think that it takes on, say, a weekly basis, if you were just to kind of estimate um, to mm -hmm. manage Instagram the way that you are, to drive the kind of business that you're driving through it? Yeah. For me personally, I try to set small goals. So if I set like a weekly goal of setting time on Instagram, I may not be able to reach it or I may get, you know, off track halfway through the week and then beat myself up for not spending enough time and stuff. For me, I try to focus on an hour a day, an hour of whether that's building posts and creating content or even just like getting on and engaging, talking to my audience um, or getting on stories and watching and responding to other people's stories, making sure that my account looks active. Um, I think I try to, yeah, I try to break it up into bite-sized chunks, like just focusing on having an hour every day of being like, I'm going to focus in on this, really pour some effort and energy into it and move forward from there. I think that it doesn't have to take it doesn't, it doesn't have to be super time consuming. That's the great part about social media is that, you know, you can get on, you can engage for a few minutes here and there. You can spend an hour each day, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, but I think that 
I have spent a lot of time over the years. If you were to rack up over the past few years of building that account and that platform, sure. I don't know. I, I guess I've got to be getting close to that 10,000 hour mark at some point. Wow. <laughs> what, would, what would you say, again, if you were to guess kind of the, the split percentage wise yeah. between Instagram and your website and SEO that's driving yeah. business? How, how, what would you say that ratio looks like right now? Yeah, right now, I think it's a little bit higher on the website. So I've really okay. been focusing in on in like informational SEO. So um, working on blogs that are like 10 mountain wedding venues in Tennessee, stuff mm. that people are searching for when they're in the planning process. Um, so right now, my big strategy for SEO and Instagram, how they play together is kind of people find me through my blog, through my SEO, and then they move to Instagram and follow me. And that's where I get to like kind of win them over. That's the like next step in the sales funnel for me. Yeah. Um, so I use Instagram less for like finding clients at this point and more so for reinforcing that community and building relationships with those clients who have already found and worked with me. Um, obviously, there is still some new traffic that comes in through that way. But I feel like just with my like content strategies right now, it's been more about like building relationship and community building on Instagram rather than finding new people. Um, mostly just because of the change of reels and the way that the algorithm has been changing now, I feel yeah. like it can be a lot harder to reach your target audience on Instagram at this present moment. Um, but if you've already got that audience captured, it's still you know great to talk to them to build that conversation and community. Yeah, there, there is, as we mentioned, quite an evolution happening. I mean, in social media in general, mm -hmm. certainly, but especially with Instagram. And of course, that's been affecting photographers' businesses quite a bit as of late. Yeah. I want to get to a little bit more detail around the SEO conversation in just a second. If you were to throw out one or two tidbits, like quick tips or tricks for new photographers using Instagram, where you've seen the most impact in your business, can you make one or two suggestions as to how they might approach using the platform more effectively? Yeah. Um, I think, again, like informational content has been really beneficial for me and for my business. So when I'm building content for, you know, whether it, honestly any platform, but specifically Instagram, I'm really working on trying to create content that people are actually interested in seeing and engaging with rather than just getting on there and being like, hey, here's a pretty photo or like, here's a picture of me. <laughs> right. But instead being like, hey, this is what a client of mine did at their wedding reception. I thought this was a really good idea. I'm going to make a reel or a post about it. Um, um, that really has that more like viral element and that shareability that you're looking for when you're mm. working on Instagram content. So my biggest tip is just think about like, what does your audience actually want to see? Like, mm. obviously, as creatives, as artists and stuff, we want to put our work out there and we're just happy to share it sometimes. But you also want to be thinking about, you know, what is going to engage the people that I'm talking to? What's interesting to them? What do they want to see? What's helpful to them? Any type of helpful content you can do is always super super uh, good on Instagram. I like that. Yeah, I mean, the focus on adding value at the end of the day, I mean, you already mentioned it when it comes mm -hmm. to SEO um, and it's a natural fit in that regard, but even on social media too, there's been so much drama on social media over the years. And, and that's kind of where <laughs> I went personally was how can I add yeah. value, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I can be very divisive by posting something political or or otherwise and, and know that people are gonna respond. You might get traffic and, but at the end of the yeah. day, I, I, I don't know. I just, my, as an individual, I want to add value to the world, whether it's in the photography mm -hmm. industry or in my personal life. And so I love that you're focusing more on that. And of course, naturally it plays well with what you're doing in SEO. And so this is a good segue to yeah. that end. We were talking about this very briefly before we get started with the live stream, but there is some significant value 
it's, it's almost like it's revalued in a sense that the, the significance of the blog, certainly as it plays mm-hmm. to SEO, I mean, we've known that for a long time, but now in this evolution of, of social media and there's this kind of natural freak out the photographers are going through, which is like, oh my goodness, I can't control this platform. It's changing and it's affecting the way that I can reach potential clients. While meanwhile, we've got our website, we have blog that enables us to have at least some sense of control and maintain mm-hmm. our own property in a way to be able to continue to reach out to potential clients more effectively. And I, I see, as you mentioned, you're, you're kind of focusing your efforts more in that regard. Much like Instagram, can you make one or two specific recommendations to new photographers listening in? I mean, the idea of blogging on a, on a regular basis probably seems overwhelming to them. Aside from that value add content that you already mentioned, can you recommend one or two other things? Yeah, I think that that's another place where workflow can be really helpful, Um, especially if you're trying to focus in on blogging or something like that. There are ways that you can make your workflow a little bit more efficient so that that all plays into it. Like for me personally, when I'm editing a wedding, I like to go ahead and pick out the photos that I'm going to use in a blog as I go through and edit and as I'm like sorting the edits. Um, So then afterwards, I just export those into a separate folder. And those are my blog images. I have questionnaires that clients fill out pre-wedding. And that's a lot of the information that I use for the blog afterwards, because that includes details like, you know, the logistics that I need to know on the actual wedding day, but also fun stuff. Like there's a question on there, like, how did you meet? Tell me about your love story. Do you have any recommendations for other clients? And really that leaves me doing very little when it comes time to actually blog it. Cause I've already got the photos sorted out from, you know, the main gallery. I can just upload those into WordPress or whatever uh, platform you're using for your website. And then I'm repurposing a lot of that content that the clients have actually already written themselves in their questionnaire. Um, And making that a very like efficient workflow process really helps when you're trying to be consistent about getting content out like that. That's that's a really great recommendation. I don't think I've ever heard a photographer describe or or suggest using some of the content from that questionnaire, which is really brilliant. Do you Mm -hmm. much like Instagram, you talked about like maybe an hour a day. Do you allocate a certain amount of time each day or each week to that process of blogging? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm as strict about it as with social media. And I actually, I do have an office assistant. I have to be clear. Uh, I do have an office assistant who helps me with some of that stuff now, um, as far as like, especially like uploading images and stuff for blogs. Um, But yeah, I would say it is still a pretty high priority on my mind, even if it's just um, like as I'm working through weddings or as I'm like working through the edits and stuff that that's always in the back of my mind of like, I also want to make this blog. I want to be thinking about content and repurposing this um, and not having to go back afterwards and like sort through a whole finished wedding and find those images and pull them out and, you know, make all these extra steps. It's kind of like it's always a, a priority as I'm working through the other daily like admin task. Okay. And does mm-hmm. that, I, I know this is a whole topic in and of itself, but maybe just briefly yeah. working with an assistant there in your office and kind of delegating that, that process, or at least part of the process of blogging to your assistant, do you reckon, do you, do you have any recommendations for how to go about delegating that process? Because I'm sure for a new photographer, I mean, I know that you would, you would kind of ultimately advise new photographers all day long to learn to delegate so that you can create more freedom, more flexibility. Again, we talked about that in the book and podcast episode quite a bit, but it's also, again, another thing that can be quite overwhelming for a new photographer is like, how how in the world would I even delegate something like that to somebody else? I've got, Mm -hmm. you know, my own brand voice, uh, kind of internally speaking. And the idea of handing that over to somebody trying to explain to them how to go about communicating in that way could be really complicated. What are your thoughts? Yeah. 
So when I first started outsourcing some of that stuff with an assistant, it was a lot of like me creating the content and then them just doing like uploading and formatting that sort of thing. So I was writing the copy for the blog and like picking out the images and everything. Now that I have been working with this person for a while, they have a little bit more responsibility and sometimes I'll let them like depending on the topic or depending on the wedding. So if we're working on a more informational blog where it's just like, you know, five river or wedding venues next to a river in Tennessee, I might let them write that one if I'm busy that week, because that's a little bit more like generic. Whereas if it's one that's like got more of the story and the personal notes and everything, we collaborate a little bit more where it's like, I may write the whole blog. I might write just a section. If they write it completely, then I always go through and read it and proof check and like kind of sometimes I'll go through and make little edits um, that don't quite sound like me or change a word here and there before it's uploaded in public. Um, So it's a lot of review, I would say, when you're working with someone else and trying to get that, trying to make sure they're getting your brand voice and everything correct. Review, and and you you also mentioned something interesting, which is that those more generic style of posts, which are more about the SEO than the voice, um, Mm -hmm. then it would be a lot easier to hand that over. That makes sense. Just one last question for you. And I know some of these talking points, like we could spend a lot longer (laughs) on it, but this is a shorter format podcast. So I do have one last question for you. this idea of focusing on one, two, maybe three at the most different platforms to, to focus our marketing efforts on totally makes sense. Again, we have so many different uh-huh. things to juggle as business owners, especially new photography business owners. It totally makes sense. And I think it will be encouraging ultimately to new photographers are like, okay, fine. I don't have to be on all 68 <laughs> different social media platforms out there, right? Yeah. But I guess the question at the end of the day is how do you go about making the decision about which platform to focus on. What did that look like for Mm -hmm. you? How did you actually, like what were the filters through which you made those decisions? Yeah, absolutely. So for me personally, I think it was, you know, I was starting my business. We talked about, I think it's been like eight years or something now. At that time, Instagram really was like the most popular platform. It's kind of what everybody was doing. So I think I fell into that a little bit uh, just because it was natural in the time period and it's worked well for me. And because I've built a, a larger audience and like somewhat of a following, I've continued on that path. But I have seen some photographers who really enjoy like you know, being in front of a camera, they really enjoy the personality aspect and they've had great success on TikTok. I've seen some who have done really well on Pinterest. I think it can be a little bit of like a trial and error and seeing what works well for your workflows, for your personality, for your business and who you're trying to reach. Um, But I think that, yeah, I would just say, try it out, see what you like. Some people really like creating reels and like they're focusing completely on that now. Some people really like doing Twitter. I've even seen some photographers who have really done well with like the short form content and just sharing photos here and there. Um, So I think it it can just, you just want to try it out and see what works well for you. (laughs) Don't be afraid to, I would say, don't be afraid to fail at first. If you get on Mm. a platform and you're Mm -hmm. like, I, this isn't going well for me. Like I got on TikTok, I had like one viral video and I was just like, I don't like doing this. I don't, <laughs> this is not for me. That's <laughs> and you know, it's great for other people, but it, it didn't work well for me. And that yeah. was, I think knowing yourself and being able to set up those limitations too, and being like, I can't do everything. I can't be everything to everyone. So if this isn't working well for me, I'm going to be honest with myself about that and focus my energy elsewhere. <laughs> That's great. And that's such practical advice too. And as you were talking, I was, I was making notes here. So one, 
go where I mean it sounds almost obvious but I think I think it needs to be reiterated mm-hmm. go to the platform that's most popular as IE I'm, what I'm thinking about here mm-hmm. is kind of the what's called Pareto's principle right the 80-20 principle I'm going to get yeah. 80% of the results from kind of 20% of the effort so rather than trying to spread my my efforts my resources ultimately too thin over multiple mm-hmm. platforms I'm going to go to the one that's going to drive the biggest bang for the buck if you will so go where yeah. the traffic is but of course, we do that more effectively if we know, number two, what our strengths are. You mentioned the significance of understanding what platform we might be best on. Years ago, mm-hmm. before podcasting is as big as it is now, it made sense for me to go to podcasting for the sake of content yeah. creation. Everybody was blogging at the time for the sake of value-added content to the industry. Obviously, it carries significance, as we've talked about, for SEO. But I didn't want to do the same thing as everybody else at that point. This is 2016 mm-hmm. or so, before podcasting really exploded. And so I went to that platform, but it kind of made sense for me because I was leveraging my strengths as a communicator, um, or at least Mm -hmm. a a rookie communicator anyway at the time. So I think that's really important to to understand what we're good at and to play to those strengths on the platform that we focus on. And the third thing that you mentioned I, I wrote down is being aware of our target market, understanding who it is that we're speaking to and what platform makes most sense. When I think about my editing company, Photographers Edit, most photographers aren't spending as much time um, and this is very generally speaking, but aren't spending as much time, for example, on TikTok. So the idea that I would create a TikTok account for photographers at it and focus a bunch of time, effort and energy there versus mm-hmm. Instagram, for example, or even Facebook still doesn't make a lot of sense for that particular brand. We're getting ready to launch a new brand, which carries a different conversation. But just being aware of where our target market is spending the most time is mm-hmm. really, really important when, we, when it comes to making these decisions. So really great Absolutely. practical advice. I, I really appreciate this. Anything you want to kind of <laughs> yeah. close, close the conversation with for our audience, just as a good reminder, strong reminder. Yeah, I think just being in tune with yourself is the biggest thing I would remind people, whether that's coming from marketing or how you're trying to run your business, really just being in tune with like what your strengths and weaknesses are, what's a good fit for you, what feels like the right move for you. I think that can be really helpful. And just being able to say like, hey, this isn't working for me. I'm going to try something different or saying this is going really good. I need to put some more effort and energy into this and maybe like release some of those other things that aren't working Mm. for me. Um, that would just be my biggest piece of advice. And I, I do love that. I have to comment, like the fact that you did go to TikTok, it's a natural thing to mm-hmm. do. We know it's trending. Um, and then realize, hey, you know what? This isn't a good fit. You can make that decision intelligently because you know your strengths and you also know your target market, who you're speaking to and what mm-hmm. played really well for your business model. And I think that's a great, again, practical reminder for all of our listeners. Thank you so much for being willing to do the show today. Everybody listening and watching, make sure that you go to okcrow.com. We're going to post that here, of course, on screen. And then uh, follow Rachel on okcrow, at okcrow, excuse me, on Instagram. And uh, you can see what she's up to, including that value-added content she was talking about. Thanks again, Rachel, for doing the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.